That's some sensational catch. Absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Maiello. Hammered down the ground. It could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed. That's 50 for Forbrush. What a knock that is from him. Outstanding striking. And that six brings Guernsey back into the game. Could be a catch. Oh. What a catch. One-handed grab. And that's Josh Butler, the captain. Oh, my days. We have been treated to some catches in this tournament. Welcome to Guernsey Cricket's podcast. I'm Ben Furbrush, Cricket Development Manager. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to players old and new, coaches, administrators, and hopefully a few other cricketing keen beans along the way. In today's pod, we catch up with Sussex batsman Harry Finch. Finchy, thanks very much for joining us on the pod. Nice, nice tash. Yeah, it's coming on. So how's lockdown been in Sussex? Yeah, no, it's going okay. It's um, obviously only allowed an hour, hour outside each day. So um, just basically trying to get our, get a few Zoom uh, gym sessions in on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And then but you're running in and around that. Um, it's, it's not a huge amount you can do at the moment. Um, just, just trying to stay on top of it and stay fit. I guess it's a, it is a great opportunity to try and make a move on your fitness if you look after what you're eating and stay away from snacking, <laughs> uh, which is easier said than done. Yeah, just, just trying to stay fit and healthy, really. Um, lots of running at the moment and as much gym stuff as we, we can get done. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There's plenty of food in the cupboard and plenty of snacks that I shouldn't be touching, but I keep looking at and wanting to touch. I've had to invest in a few uh, a few locks uh, to put on cupboards <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, obviously it's, I mean, I think you could look at it two ways, really. I think I think motiva- motivation levels can be quite low at times, but um, I think it's actually a great opportunity, especially for a lot of guys to, to sort of make a move of their fitness and actually cut. There's no excuse to be injured when you come back to playing, I guess. But yeah, it is, it is hard to stop snacking. Um, if we go back to the start, sort of where cricket all started, surely for you it must have been your dad sort of peppering you in the garden with, with cricket balls? Yeah, they were actually hockey balls. Um, he liked to he liked to raise me up tougher. Um, yeah, no, well, first memories of, of cricket for me would be um, back garden with my dad and my brother and uh, me and Eddie, who's my, my younger brother, uh, we used to bat without pads on and he used to steam in up the hill with a hockey ball and uh, he used to say, use your bat, not your pad. And it's quite ironic now because I'm a massive LBW candidate, but um, it's, uh, that's what he used to do. Um, Obviously, just the, the classic garden rules. If you hit it over the fence, it's six and out. Go get your ball. Hedge is always out. But yeah, no, they're, they're my main early memories, just uh, playing with my dad and my brother in, in the garden. So after that, was it straight into club cricket with Hastings? Yeah, Hastings. So yeah, I, I probably started playing at Hastings when I was eight, probably, and just just went to Colts every Friday. Um my uncle ran the Colts, so I've got two. I've got four cousins actually on my dad's side. Two of them are lads, and they they're both around my age. So we used to play with them all the time. Played age group with Hastings with them probably through from ten till sixteen. I was fortunate enough to play for Sussex when I was I think I was nine when I got in the under tens, um, and then my basic childhood was playing club cricket for Hastings in various sort of festivals and national cups, and then would play for Sussex in the summer as well. Um, it was a bit of a bit of a short short fat lad and used to try and give it a bit of a slog like a chip off the old block then so is the Sussex system same as it is now in terms of training various age groups on different nights actually at the county ground in Hove it was it was different back then obviously they've brought in the the pathway structure now which you are aware of when when I was coming through it was very much more there wasn't a huge amount of winter stuff it mainly sort of kicked off towards just before the start of the summer there was always trials you have these area trials like the east north south and west and then you just basically get given a letter as to whether you're in or not and then you get given letters sort of gamely 
of the team that were listed out. And obviously, if you weren't in the 11, you'd be listed as 12, 13, 14. And it was optional whether you wanted to turn up to the, the games and stuff. So that's that's what happened there. And then I think I got selected onto the EPP when I was 13. And then obviously, once I got selected onto that, it became, I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, would train during the week. That was with Andy Cornford, uh, Passy, who's now obviously head coach at Guernsey. So he used to take take my, uh, my lot then. Um, and that's, that's where it really started to kick off then. And then from there, you obviously got picked up into the Sussex Academy. How was that? Yeah. Yeah, no, well, it ended up being, I mean, when I first got on the EPP, I wasn't really, I just loved, I loved sport really. My main love was football. Um, and I was trying to give that a red hot go and then worked out. I didn't really have the engine for it. So I thought I'd just stand <laughs> a slip instead. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think up until I was probably 14, I, I was playing both. And then I was playing quite a decent level of football and a decent level of cricket. And I think my dad sort of said, you've probably got to make a decision on which one you want to choose here. Um, not to say you can't stop playing the other one, but let's really give one a, hit, a good go. Um, so I chose cricket. I don't, I'm not sure why, but I decided to choose cricket. And then, yeah, I think I was, I was obviously quite, I was obviously talented enough when I was 14 and got selected onto the academy. And then I think things start to become a bit more real once you get on an academy and you start to actually train with professionals and, you know, you start to actually sort of see this as a potential avenue for yourself. Um, and then, yeah, got selected in the academy and I worked really, I remember working really hard in the academy, probably missed too much school now, if I think about it, um, <laughs> and would spend hours practicing um, and playing cricket. And I think I, I then obviously started to notice uh, massive improvements in my performance at club level, started being more of a standout player and then um, got selected onto an England-19s programme as well, which... I think obviously just, I think again, just sort of makes things feel a bit more real and like you're actually going in the right step. Yeah, so who else was in your intake in the academy? Was that Finn Hudson-Prentice, that sort of era? Yeah, so Finney was the year below. Uh, my year was Callum Jackson, Tim Moses, uh, Abby Sikandi. Yeah. Um, a guy called Harry Clark, who was, I mean, he was the best player we had in, in our actually He's now a pilot, actually. works. I think he's working for EasyJet. He might have just got a move, actually, right. which is a pretty cool he job. Um, then rather than focusing on cricket. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, that sounds like a much better way to work down <laughs> a living. Um, very cool job. But you know, he was, I mean, I remember he, he was a brilliant cricketer. We had a guy, another guy called Callum Guest, who, again, was a really good cricketer. I don't know if you've played against him in, in the club stuff. Um, but, yeah, so that was my year. Then we had Finn Hudson Prentice, um, Elliot Hooper. Delray was a little bit younger than that. So that that was my sort of year. And I think it's, at the time, they obviously always say, oh, only one or two, you'll probably make it. Make it. And to be perfectly honest, I never at one point thought I wasn't going to make it. That didn't really dawn on me that I wasn't going to sort of progress from the academy to getting signed. I just sort of thought it was the natural thing to happen. And obviously, I think only three of us ended up getting signed. It was me, Callum and Abby. Um, and th- those two aren't with us anymore. Yeah, no, really interesting. With, with the um, England under-19s, how was that? It must have been a great honour playing for England. Yeah, it's cool. It was really cool playing the 19s. Um, I, I, you just get it's when you get the kit. It's that's the first bit. I remember. I remember being. At, I went to Eastbourne College for two years. But I remember my kit got sent there. And we had like 10 lads all trying the kit on and stuff, like all with Finch 19 on the back and stuff. It was, um, which was quite weird. But yeah, we had, we, I reckon we had a good hour role playing in, in, in kit. It was really sad. Yeah, I mean, that, that was cool. I think I played 20, 25 games for the 19s, which is quite a lot. Played in the World Cup. It seemed to play Pakistan all the time. Um, got a couple, few games on telly as well. And yeah, no, it's cool. I think 
not necessarily the performing in the 19s. I think it's more the coaches you get to work with when you're in the 19s. Yeah. I remember working with Graham Thorpe, Rampakash, um, Richard Dawson, who's now head coach of Gloucester. He was he was working there at the time. Chris Silverwood, who's now obviously England head coach, he was our bowling coach. So I think that's that's more the. Uh, I look back on it in that regard. That was that was what was fantastic. And back then, you were more of an all-rounder. So I think you. you I remember you coming to Guernsey and playing a couple of academy games. More of a bowler then. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so I used to, unfortunately, you know my dad, and uh, I don't think you've had the pleasure of meeting my mum, but neither of them are exactly the tallest, uh, so I wasn't ever going to be blessed with height, and um, I think I must have, when I was 14, 15, I think I'd probably fully grown, so I used to be able to hit blokes in the head and bowl quite quick, and then I just suddenly stopped growing, and everyone overtook me, so my bowling took a bit of a back backseat. I've just started bowling again, actually, and uh, it's coming out all right. I think I had a little bowl at you, actually, yeah, uh, you back in the winter. Yeah, a couple of times. I didn't like yeah. the fact you used a red ball, considering we don't play yeah. cricket. But Oh, yeah, I wouldn't dare use a white ball against you. You'd whack me <laughs> everywhere. But, um, yeah, no, I, I was definitely more of a bowler. I mean, even when I played the 19s, I got a five for at Newlands, just bowling little seamers, and I, my batting was sort of, especially when I was younger, I mainly enjoyed my bowling and I just sort of would have a bit of a go in my batting. And then that quickly, once I realised I wasn't going to grow again, uh, if I was going to grow outwards, I think I decided to focus a bit more on the uh, on the batting. Yeah, and then summer summer of 2013, uh, that must have been a pretty special one. I think you made 100 for the England 19s uh, against Pakistan, I think. It actually, or it might have been Bangladesh, actually. Um, and then yeah, no, Bang- Bangladesh, yeah. Yeah, and then you also uh, made your Sussex first team debut. I think I was in year year thirteen, so last year of college, so I just turned eighteen. Yeah, that that hundred against Bangladesh was nice. I've Graham, I had a good chat with Graham Thorpe that day after the game as well, which was obviously nice to try and impress someone like that. But yeah, I remember that. That's a special moment getting a hundred, and then the the first class debut came out of nowhere. To be honest, like I mean, I wasn't really doing very well. I'm going to be honest, I, I was doing okay in the twos. I'd done well for the nineteens, but I didn't do that well in the twos. Durham away, and not the place you want to make your debut as a batter. Really, <laughs> it seems to do all sorts up there, and it's freezing cold. Um, although they do a great treacle pudding uh, for lunch, which is a, a bonus. But um, yeah, no, I, I think we. I mean, we, at the time we had a really good team. But Ed Joyce was playing for Ireland. Chris Nash might have got injured. So we suddenly, out of nowhere, didn't have a huge amount available to us. I got called up into the squad. Sort of went up to Durham thinking, this is a great experience. I'm not going to play. I've got no chance of playing. And then somebody went down in the warm-up. I can't remember who it was. And then I was I was in the day before they went down in the warm-up. Like, oh, look, you're going to play, mate. You're going to bat six. And to be honest, I mean, I, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I, I actually, funnily, went back and we've got this um, website that we're able to track our footage on and see loads of games. And I, I did scroll all the way back just to just to see what I looked like back in 2013. I faced 100 balls in the in the, the whole innings for about 20, 25 runs in both, out of both innings. Obviously, didn't get many runs. But from the further thing I noticed was actually defensively, I was pretty decent. Like, I just clearly couldn't score. Like I just wasn't good enough to put away bad balls. But that was, I mean, their attack was, was really good on the day. They had Graham Onions, Chris Rushworth, Mitchell Clayden, they had a, and Paul Collins was playing as well. They had a, they had a really good team. But um, yeah, really proud moment, good experience. It kind of, then when you go back into the twos, it's a little bit like, oh, like <laughs> back in the twos now. <laughs> like, it's a bit, so, um, but yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. But I, again, you just don't, not that I felt like I was ready for it. I didn't really know what I was doing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and then following that, in 2014, you got signed by Sussex on a, a full-time contract. How was that yeah. as a local Sussex lad? Yeah, no, like, really special. Now I can remember that that being probably up there in the top five sort of proudest moments of, so far in my career, definitely. Um, you know, it's something, you, well, it's something I'd sort of dreamt of 
once I sort of recognised I was half decent at cricket and then you become a bit more aware about the game and yeah no that was that was a really special moment and especially at that age as well when most of your mates are going off to uni and then you're playing cricket that's quite cool I mean although that that sort of dwell that sort of loses its uh, cool factor after about two or three years when then they're all working and <laughs> you're you're not but um yeah no that was a very really really special moment really special moment yeah and then to follow that up you got 92 not out or 58 balls against Glamorgan in the Royal One Day Cup that must have been pretty special. You might correct me, but more of a four-day player than a one-day player. Why do you think that is? Do you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but perfect. It's, it's a, it is a funny one. I, I don't think I've shown actually how good I can be in white ball um, because I've played, I mean, even last year, I played an inning similar to that. I think it's just a case of possibly a confidence thing and maybe just work my Maybe it's taken me a bit longer to work, work out my white ball game. But um, I've come capable of playing innings like that and I, I used to do it all the time when I was younger but yeah and you know, going back to that that um, particular game I think that might have been my list day debut I think so that was a nice way to to kick off kick it off and um, you know from memories of that that innings I I was down to about a six we had gone off to a flyer I think Wrighty and Craig Kachopa were putting on loads and the game it was a dead rubber I think we were out the comp and so with Glamorgan and Ed Joyce came to me and said mate go on you go in at four I'll, I'll push down to six. Let's, let's give you a go. So and it, so it was a bit off the side to quickly go get my pads on, and then literally while I was putting my pads on, they lost the wickets. So I had to get out there, and I think I remember I was probably ten off about twenty balls, and again, sort of just feeling like I'm not really good enough for this. Like I'm chewing balls up here, right? He's on ninety off forty balls or something. Like I'm just, I'm, what am I doing? And almost got to that point where it was um, the effort point where I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to have a go here. And I think I slid one off for four through point, then got one through mid wicket, and then just hit one over the over the stand for six and I was just like come on then let's just have a go and I remember sweeping their opening bowler Hogan over the scoreboard for six started scooping bowlers and hitting bowlers over over sort of gaps for four and six and yeah it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty good night that was a, that was a really cool day I had had my mum my and my nan and my girlfriend were there and then my dad and my brother were there as well and there's there's quite there's a really cool shot actually of um, somebody's taking a picture where I'm down sweeping the seamer and in the background, in the stands, you can see my dad and my brother sat at the um, nice. sat at the front row, which is quite nice. But yeah, no, that was a. I think from that knock, I think most people saw me as a white ball player from there. And then I think I played in the T20s the following season. But that, to be honest, not that that innings was a fluke. I think it was just a, again, it's one of those you don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of just going with the moment and let it happen. Yeah. And then it's over, and you're a bit like, oh, don't really know what's happened there. It's interesting that sort of uh, you found it more or well, easier to adapt to four-day cricket than one-day cricket. Because obviously, one-day cricket, the ball doesn't do a lot after sort of, I don't know, six, seven overs. Red ball cricket, it swings all day, all year, pretty much. Yeah, no, I I think it's probably a combination of the training I I did growing up. Obviously, the T20 game wasn't as big back then, so a lot of stuff was spent on trying to play the ball late, defend it. Um, And then you get used to a certain tempo when you're playing. So I, I got, you just get used to playing at a sort of a strike rate of 50, 60. Whereas obviously in white ball, you, you minimum you're looking at a runner ball really, and guessing 50 over you can be at 80, 85. But it's definitely more of a tempo thing, and it's something I've I've worked on recently because I have got all the shots. It's then just working working it out into an innings. But I, I think it's definitely more to do with the the upbringing of the training I had on the academy. As I said, there's the lads that are coming through now. I mean, they're probably doing 80 percent white ball, 20 percent red ball. Whereas we were definitely the other way around. If you know, we constantly did Red Bull, practicing defending, practicing playing straight. So I guess the the other part of the game was second was second to that really. Following that, you also did you do a couple of winters away in Australia, playing a few. Yeah, yeah, I've done done two. Did did um, I went to Melbourne a while ago, uh, probably when I was 
19, I think. And then also went to Sydney as well. Had a winter of grey cricket there. Broke my thumb the round before Christmas. So then didn't play a huge amount after Christmas. Came back for the maybe the last two games. Um, but then again, out in Australia, I didn't have a very good time in the Red Bull. But in the White Bull, I was... Uh, player of the tournament and T20 stuff so it's it's strange how it, how it works with that but both times were really good experiences I it's just good to get away and to to sort of grow up a bit and learn learn stuff about yourself I mean there's only so much you can do in an indoor school um and, and if you unless you're changing something drastically technically sometimes the indoor school is not always the best place to yeah to be for your few cricket yeah no, how, how did you find that as a an English lad you get a bit of chat from the Aussies. <laughs> yeah, plenty. Yeah, they aren't shy. They certainly aren't shy. It's um, yeah, it's just it's when you take guard. They haven't got a clue until you take guard. As soon as you yeah. ask for middle, they're like, oh, here's the pom. Like they're all, <laughs> they're all over you. And uh, when I went to Sydney, I went out where they were full salt as well. So me and Salt, we were both playing for the uh, the same team, which was which was which helped as well because it gives you it's a much better experience when you're there with somebody else. You're not as bored. Um, and you can train together. But um, definitely, that, that I remember our first net session, me and Salty. And I reckon we just got off the plane, so it was the next day. We are jet lagged as anything, and it's <laughs> and it's our first net session. These nets have got no sight screens at the back whatsoever, so it's just getting dark. And uh, we're just about to walk into the nets, and the head coach calls us in. He's like, "You're right, lads. Right, I want to introduce you to Sorry and Finchy, the uh, <laughs> the imports this season." And then it's like, "Let's show them how it's done in the nets." Throw us straight back into the nets. We obviously can't see a thing. We must have. I was next to him in the net. I reckon both of us kept pissing ourselves because we just kept hearing the, the stumps ding every second or third ball because we couldn't see the thing. Couldn't Literally couldn't see the thing. Blokes were bowling like with reverse swinging balls in the pitch black. We just used to, we, we were just like, bloody hell, they must think we are so bad. Like, just both kept getting, getting skilled. But they're, and they're also, they're so ruthless. They'll tell you. Yeah. They don't think you're any good. They tell you. And it's actually depending on how you take it, it's good and bad because they're very black and white about, you know, a spade is a spade. Like if you're not doing very well, you're not very good. And if you're doing well, then you're the best thing since sliced bread. But um, yeah, good experience because the the way that, I think it's more the way they train as well. Of course that training was, I mean, it's a bit ridiculous, but it does prepare you for a game at the weekend because nothing's in your favour when you're in the nets. And um, especially when you're hearing your stumps getting donged over every third or fourth ball. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was, a, it was a really good experience. I've sort of made a few other notes, but 2018 seemed to be the breakthrough year for you. You uh, scored 540 runs, including 450s, and your maiden 100 against uh, Middlesex. You know, how's that feel as, again, like I said, being a local lad from Sussex, you must have dreamed about scoring 100 for Sussex. Yeah, no, it was, that, was, that was a good year. I think I, I think I ended on just shy of 800 with behind Brownie. Uh, me and Sorty ended up sort of neck and neck with each other, which was nice. Two two young lads. Um, yeah, no. And then obviously, first, first hundred was really special. Um, I've watched that innings back a lot. Um, that was a really cool moment. Uh, there's a really nice sort of video of all the lads uh, celebrating up on the balcony when I got it, and um, which I think means more because obviously I think it's nice to know that your teammates are sort of there yeah. along the ride with you. Um, but yeah, no special. I, I think before that, I'd, I'd played lots of good innings. I'd already got a hundred against Pakistan. I think I'd scored runs against South Africa in a in a 50-over game and I'd scored runs against Australia as well. So this was before that and I hadn't yet ticked that one off yet for the 100. So I think it was, yeah, it was really nice to get that one off. Um, I should have got a second one that summer as well. I probably should have got three or four actually, really thinking about it now. Yeah, no, and just on a whole, that summer was a, was a good summer. I think I was the leading run scorer in the 50-over comp for us. Um, 
Yeah, and I think you got 100 against Hampshire in that one as well, didn't you? Yeah, I got, got 100 against Hampshire as well. Um, and then was in the T20 squad for the whole comp and managed to get two games at the back end when Wrighty was injured and did, did well in both of them. Um, but then obviously, I mean, we've got a really good T20 team, so it's quite hard to get yourself into that. So, yeah, and then I've played a couple of T20 games as well, did well, took a really good catch on telly. Um, and then was in the squad for finals day. And, and, also, and then England were in the World Cup as well in the, in the football. So that... All in all, that was a belt. It was a belting yeah. summer. That was a re- really, really good summer, actually. Um, just, uh, I mean, the main thing that stands out for me from that season is is more just my approach and mindset to everything that that summer. I, I think I was also in my last year of my contract, so I think that gives you an added sort of, I guess you call it pressure, but I saw it as an added incentive to sort of go out there and sort of show what I can do. And almost, you're in the shop window, so let's go show people what I'm about. So that that helped. That helped. I guess I use that to my advantage and. I think my mindset for each game was that I'm just going to try and prove a point to people to show how good I am. Ended up ended up working all right that summer. You mentioned uh, you've got a pretty good T20 side there. How's it facing the likes of Joff, Timmel, uh, CJ in the indoor school? Yeah, see, I've got no issue facing them in the middle when it comes to nets. Um, yeah, that's where it's a bit of an issue. I mean, I had a moment with Millsy the other year. I mean, Millsy's as quick as you're going to get. He's, and, and he also, he's got the added advantage of, he doesn't always know where it's going, so it doesn't always help. I stupidly tried to scoop him one time in the nets and he's followed me wide and he, but he's beamed me at my head and I've sussed how it's missed me. I've got no idea. And then from then on, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to try and survive against him, even if it is T20 practice, because it's just, you've got nothing to gain from it. But yeah, facing these guys, to, to be honest, I, I'm not, I quite like facing pace because I'm quite a short lad and I'm good off the back foot. I don't I don't particularly mind it. It's facing Rashid Khan's the one. That's yeah. I mean that's when you get a, that's when you really test yourself. You're like right, how good am I against spin? You go and face him. The ball's spinning both ways at about 65 mile an hour. Yeah, he, I mean, it's, he's an, he's incredible. He's a, I mean he's as good a spinner as I've seen played against, and it's just he's just incredible to watch live. And he's a lovely lovely guy as well. Yeah, I mean, you've also, you guys have also got the likes of Garth, George Garton, who bowls pretty slippery as well. And you also had Stu Whittingham as well. He was, he was quite sharp. Also, no yeah, one didn't know where it was going after time. Yeah, Stu's a really good mate of mine. He's, um, Stewie could bowl. Stewie's also bowled some of the quickest spells I've seen as well. And, and, and George has as well. George is, I mean, we're, we're, quite, we're very oddly uh, blessed with a lot of fast bowlers at the moment. Yeah. In fact, we've got another lad coming through at the moment called Henry Crocombe. Um, young lad on the academy who came out on tour with us to Cape Town and he's he's gone from being a 75 mile an hour bowler last year to bowling early 80s pushing mid 80s now so which is really exciting for us um, as, a, as a team uh, coming through obviously without putting too much pressure on the young lad but um, he, he's a, he's really exciting um, so yeah it's, it's we just must be something something down here yeah 2019 a little bit more of a struggle in, in terms of the year for you a- any reason for that or you know was it Sort of relaxed a little, uh, maybe signing a new contract and possibly, I, I possibly maybe relaxed a little bit. Maybe didn't have maybe sort. I think I obviously talking about the previous year. I think there was a lot of motivation around getting that new contract and trying to prove a point. Um, and then last year, I think that the main thing that stands out for me last year, just when I wasn't doing as well, would tinker a lot and just didn't didn't have a consistent mindset towards each game. I mean, I learned a lot more last year than I did the year before. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I probably had some of the lowest points in my career so far as last year, but then equally probably had one of the highest. So I got double hundred against Yorkshire in the second team at the back end of the year. Better late than never. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, th- last year was definitely, 
I mean, nothing technically really. It's just all mental. It's just how you approach each game mentally, where you are, how good you are at dealing with failure. And I, I tended to tinker a bit too much when I was failing. And then when you're out in the middle, you're not focusing on the right things because you're tinkering so much. And um, yeah. obviously was low on confidence, but I also wasn't aware of what my best mindset was. I'm, I'm quite big on, I think your mindset's so important. Of course, you need a basic level of ability, but I think to get you to be a good player and then become a great player or equally an average player to a good player. It's all about your your mindset and how you approach games and how you approach batting and just being aware of what your correct mindset is. I think you'd be different to me. You'll, you'll be able to perform a different way to how I will. So I, I know for me that I, I've got to sort of have the mindset of trying to prove a point and trying to be the main man and be the best player um, because that's how I've always done it. When I've played, when I was younger and played, I wasn't trying to prove a point, but I was always the best player. So I would, would take that responsibility on. Yeah. Um, and potentially last year, probably didn't see myself as being one of the best players. Probably saw myself as being being one of the worst players at times, probably. And probably at times was like, what am I doing in this team? And that's not really the way to go about it. And probably lost that, right, I'm trying to prove a point because I got myself into the team. And then it's like, right, what do I do next? Yeah. And then now, obviously, our old coach, Ash Wright, big lads back in Sussex. Yeah, uh, I know you've been working really hard over the winter with him. How's it having him back involved? Yeah, no, he's awesome. Ash is brilliant. I um, I went to Bordeaux with Ash. He came for my dad's fiftieth, and we ended up rooming together. We had a really nice time there. Uh, he's a he's a great man. He's a really really funny man. But he's I haven't met a man who's more different away from his coaching and his himself as a person. He's obviously you know him quite well. He's quite a laid back, really chilled guy when yeah. it comes to himself as a person. He gets into coaching and something clicks, and he's just he's on it. And he's focused and he's sharp and he, you're in and out, 40 minutes done, right? We, and you get stuff done. And he's, I, made, I made massive moves this winter. Um, it's a shame the season's not going ahead, actually, because I was really looking forward to getting going. Got in a really good space. And a lot of that's down to him. Um, I, I started hitting with him in November. So I probably got six or seven sessions done with him before Christmas. Well, yeah. most other people weren't doing a huge amount. And then after Christmas, continue working with him. And he just, he just, make, he just makes things seem really simple and he, he gives you a foundation of your technique to sort of fall back on each time so you, you know what you're looking for and also he's very relatable like he knows what you're going through because he's been there and he's done it and he's just a really good guy but I, I really enjoyed working with him he pumps your tires up he makes you feel really good as I'm sure he made you guys feel really good and he, he's also not shy of a beer which uh, he won't be <laughs> he won't be afraid to, afraid to admit Bold him beautiful bit of bowling from William Pete Field the stump comes crashing out the ground, and that's a big wicket here in Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5. That's the first wicket. Letizia is the one who strikes. He gives it a big celebration. He writes it up in a book. He notes it down and sends them off. You can add Manpreet Singh to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizia needed. That's the breakthrough Guernsey needed. And that's the breakthrough that Mark Ladder to my left wants a big smile on his face. And a wonderful shot there. Cover drive for four. So yeah, you've been a busy man this winter. You're also doing your level three coaching badge. Is that something you're looking to get into after cricket? You mentioned one of the academy lads being a decent bowler. Is that sort of something you're helping, trying to help the younger guys in the club come through? Yeah, I mean, I think just full stop. I like working with people. I'm, I enjoy being around people. I think I love, I love doing the level three course. I haven't had as much fun on that course. I mean, we had a great time on that. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm lucky to have some good lads on there as well. But I learned learned a lot, and it's just interesting to see how other people operate, and definitely something I'd consider doing after of playing. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, obviously, I love the game. I haven't necessarily. I think in the probably in the last two three years, 
my co- thinking about coaching has probably started and it's good to have something in the in in the bank to sort of know that after you finish playing I can move on to something quite quite easily um but yeah I have really enjoyed it and it's the course especially was was brilliant because you just get an idea of you might see something in a certain player but you might see something else and then you can actually feed off each other and there's always there's never the one right way but yeah I'd love to I think I'd love to I like being involved in the team environment so I definitely would consider coaching as, as something for after cricket for sure yeah see I think with coaching it also makes yourself analyze your game as well which I, for me massively helps um so I yeah. you know you almost become a little bit of your own coach and you almost without even thinking about it correct certain things which potentially make you a better player yeah, well, no, it's, I mean, it's funny you say. I mean, we we just had our pre-season out in Cape Town, and I noticed that when I, I did pretty, I did pretty well in the pre-season. But on the one time that I did fail, I noticed that when reviewing myself, because I was actually in the past, I'd been very sort of emotional about it, all, and actually, I reckon the level three helped a lot because I was able to just break it down really simply and be like, well, what would you say if if I was your coach, if I was yeah. Ferbs' coach, what would you say if Ferbs just done that? Well, I'd say this. So why are you saying something different to yourself? So. Yeah. I found that really helpful in the way that you give feedback and the way that you sort of move on from stuff. I've definitely found it really beneficial and there's so many opportunities now out there for coaching. Um, it's, yeah. no, it's, it's definitely something I consider. Yeah, no, definitely. Just a few little questions uh, before we move sort of towards your, your greatest team you've played with and against. Who's your roomie on tour when you go, when you look up to the likes of Durham? <laughs> that, well, my roomie on the tour to Cape Town this year was Danny Briggs. So it's a bit hit and miss. Sometimes you get put alphabetically. But if I had a choice, it would be probably Danny Briggs or someone like Will Beer. I think we, we get on pretty well. I've run with Delray a lot as well. And he, uh, he he tends to be on FaceTime a lot of the time. We have his headphones in, so he's not, <laughs> he's not a huge amount of fun. Um, but And he's just chills. He just loves sleeping. So, um, yeah, someone like Briggsy or, or Beer, and we just talk about sport all night, watch a bit of telly and stuff. Um, you, want, you want someone who doesn't snore as well. So yeah, you try okay. and stay away. Try and stay away from people like that. I would never, never room a big lad. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't room a big lad. <laughs> um, your funniest cricketing story? Well, for for people who haven't seen, you can go and see it on the County Champ. There's, I think you know it, the one with Hainsey where Hainsey's running into bowl, and he he nips one back. It hits this bloke. It's got to be out. I've seen it back again. It's yeah, got to be it's out. Not given not out as well. That's the how, how it's yeah. how? It, I mean, that more the issue is how it's not given out. But the. Um, <laughs> As he's turned around to try and celebrate with his hands in the air, he's just taken a little stumble and he's but he's he's not gone down straight away. He's tried to maintain it for a good couple of seconds before then hitting the deck. And then luckily the camera just gets me coming in shot and giving him a nice tap on the tap on the head as he's on the floor. But I, the game had to stop for a good five or ten minutes there. I did have another unfortunate moment when I was playing. I playing a club game for Hastings and a ball got nicked through slip. It bounced just in front of me and tried to stop it and had gone through. And I was, I was a bit annoyed that it hadn't carried. I was like, how's that not carried? And I was sort of still kneeling on the floor. And while I was kneeling on the floor, the ball had gone to third man. And this old, old guy, Mick Glazer, had picked the ball up. He's got a rocket of a left arm. And I'm kneeling down. And as he's hurling this ball, and I've just, just on my way up, nobody shouted heads, which was brilliant from the lads. Thanks for that. As I've turned this ball, it straight in the left ear. Whole thing had gone up. I had to go to A&E and get stitches. But I think Hainsey's one probably just nips that because that's gone viral and he hates that. So, which helps. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best player you've played with or against? Best player I've played with. I've played with some really, really good players. Um, well, Joffrey would be probably be a too obvious one, so I'm not going to go with Joffrey. Ross Taylor was pretty, pretty good. He was, he was a really good player. 
Um, I, I probably can't look too far past Ed Joyce either, really. He was obviously on our level yeah. three. Yeah. Um, and for those those that hadn't seen Joycey play, I mean, he was unbelievably consistent. Such a good player. Probably one of those two. Ross Taylor was an overseas player a few years back for us, and he was... He was a brilliant player. Um, favorite cricketing memory? There's, so there's two for me. There was um, two. One was we beat Warwickshire. Um, it was probably my third first class game. We beat Warwickshire a few years ago. Now they had a brilliant team. They had Jonathan Trotty and Bell. Rankin was playing. Ricky Clark. I mean, we had. I, I somehow managed to get in the team that game. I'm not sure how, but I was playing. I think I don't think I got many runs. But we we won nine downs. Chris Jordan hit a six to win. I, the wicket was awful. I think it was a. They got 180, then we got 160, then they got 170, and then we chased it down, nine down. CJ hit six, nine down, he ended up 50 not out. And that was really cool. Um, just that moment, like, because it was quite a big game against Warwickshire. I think we don't really like each other. And then also, oddly, um, second team T20 finals. We, we won the second yeah. team finals, and that was when quite a young group of lads, a lot of the guys are now playing in the first team, and that was a really cool moment because you're playing with your mates, you go and win a trophy, and I think quite a few of us had a bit of a chip on our shoulder that we weren't probably at least in the squads and stuff for the first team and playing, and so we had a bit of an added sort of point to prove. Coming back to that again, but yeah, that was that was cool. We won at Arundel. We, we beat Hampshire and beat Lancashire, and Lancashire came down with pretty much nearly first team because it's like a practice sort of day for them and we beat yeah. them and then we beat Hampshire as well um, so that was a pretty special moment and then just just probably what more recently we had a game against Gloucester in a four-day game last year again it went right down to the wire and we won in the last day and that was a that was a really when you win on the fourth day of a four-day game that's that's really special because it's that's quite hard work you know you get to the fourth day last session and to get a win like that's that's really cool. Yeah, and on that, then the, the sort of best, not necessarily best coach, but maybe your favourite coach you've worked under? Uh, probably a few. I think from a, I can't look too far past James Curley at the moment, bowling wise. He's He's been brilliant. Um, had a really good connection with Michael Yardy as well, who was um batting coach here. Really good connection with him. Pro- I'd probably also say, had a um old coach at school called um Chris Waller. Um not Chris Waller, uh, Malcolm Waller. And he um so <laughs> that's that's different Chris, Chris Waller, yeah. right. Yeah, it's too many Wallers. He's a Zim- Zimbabwean he was a Zimbabwean head coach and he was fantastic. He was my coach at Eastbourne College and very black and white, no messing about, we'll just tell you how it is. Um but not very technical at all. He he'd be up there. Uh, moving on to really your the, the Sussex dressing room, the Sussex squad. Who's sort yeah. of the, the player's player? Who's, who's the gun? Well, last year it was Alex Carey. He was phenomenal. I, I, I mean, Ollie Robinson. He's, yeah, yeah he's very good. Really well in pretty oh. much. Every, every game he plays seems to do well in. Um, I know he's Mate, he's, with the Lions, doesn't he, this, this winter? I mean, obviously you've got Broad and Anderson are in the, in the test team at the moment, but I think he's, not not that he's obviously going to take them take them down, but I think once they've finished, I think you're looking at players like Ollie, maybe like Overton, people, Ollie Stone, people like this who are coming through and Ollie's certainly in that bracket and he's for me he's at the top of that bracket you know you can't keep doing what he's doing and people can keep saying it's Div 2 but at the end of the day you've still got to get those wickets and he's in the top three wicket takers in the whole of first class cricket not just in England in the last three years so he's doing something right um, and it's, it's, it's brilliant to see him finally get rewarded with England Lions and he's now showing how good he is. He was the leading wicket taker on their tour to Oz. Yeah, I probably have to look at him. It, also with him as well, it's, it, I think he's quite a nice example of showing, you know, for people like myself who hadn't had a very good year last year, that you can bounce back from that sort of stuff and then move on. I think he, he went through a bit of a tricky spell with our old coach, Mark Davis, where 
they just didn't see eye to eye and um, he wasn't particularly rated by him. Didn't play much that year. And then the following year's first year with Diz, he Ollie just took off and he just got given his chance again and, and showed how good he was. Um, but probably say Ollie, um, definitely. I mean, he's he's a brilliant player. Does, I don't think he gets the recognition he probably deserves, actually, on our social media platforms. <laughs> but um, he's brilliant, Rick. He can also bat a bit as well, can't he? Yeah, and he can catch a slip. He's eating both of them, mate. Yeah, he's... <laughs> he's um, yeah, he's he's very good, and he, you can see he's got the bit between his teeth now. He's got on the lines. You can see he wants more yeah. of it, and he yeah, he's very good. Uh, who's the messiest in the dressing room? Unfortunately, that might be me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be me. Uh, I'm not the best. I, I'm constantly so the way our dressing room set up is we've got Brownie kind of on the left, and then on the on a row of four, there's Beer, me, Garson, and Evans. And to say that myself and the other three are different is an understatement. So I'm very messy and the other three are clean freaks. But Brownie's also a messy man as well. So our clothes just kind of pile into one and all we've got is great nickel stuff. So we're constantly using each other's bats, messing up and stuff. So I'd probably say me me or Brownie, definitely. Um, and it's not appreciated by the lads, lads that are around us. Who's the joker? What about you? What about you? Are you are you reasonably? Oh, I'm, the I'm, I'm one of those clean ones, mate. I'm I'm literally no, I'm like not. everything's perfectly laid out and no one touches my kit. That's my kit. Leave that alone. <laughs> so I, I like to call it organised mess. To be honest, I like, so it, it's for me it's organised. For others, it's not so organised. Yeah, no, mine. I'm a massive kit badger, so mine's got to be all perfectly in in shape and a bit like Steve Smith in a way. When I like looking down my bat yeah. and knowing that it's nice and it's looking nice and pristine. Yeah, similar players to be fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the joker in the dressing room? We've got a few. None of us. Um, well, we all like to think we're funny, but we're not. I mean, Luke writes. Luke writes just relentlessly pranking and just jokes and just he, he can't. I mean, he's trying to have a team meeting and a T twenty. He'll have two minutes of seriousness and then he'll take the piss out of someone. That's just what he's like. <laughs> um, salty, salty. Obviously, he plays around a bit. He likes to play up to the cameras. Salty. They, um, he, and he likes to cause a bit of controversy just for the sake of it. Me and Hainsey have a good good laugh around. We're both Tottenham fans, so we like to have a bit of a laugh. To, to be honest, a lot of us, you're actually a bit hey, odd. You're, you're quite a heavy-based Tottenham dressing room, aren't you? Yeah, which is a good thing. Although, you say that, the lads that don't support Tottenham do like to rip into us because we've won absolutely nothing, <laughs> which is fair enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, to, to be honest, if you, if you don't muck around, you're a bit of the odd one out in our dressing room. We, we, we do have a good laugh, I've got to say. We... Um, and obviously, Diz is a really chilled out guy. So he, yeah. as long as you sort, as long as you're doing the right things on the pitch and turn it, he he encourages a nice environment where the lads get on. Yeah. So we like to have a good laugh, and it. it I mean, end of the day, you got to enjoy yourself. So, but I definitely, I probably have to go with Luke. Right, he probably a standout for for that. Uh, who's the most vain? Laurie Evans, hundred percent, hundred percent. Very. I think you can probably just tell by the way he's. I mean, he's in pristine condition, but. He's definitely, it takes a bit, he, he works on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the teacher's pet? Unfortunately for me, I got very, tough. I was the teacher's pet for Guernsey. For were me. you? The lads, yeah. That doesn't, doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> you were the only one who brought your kit to the level three. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, possibly Will Beer. Possibly. There aren't, there aren't, I haven't got too many teachers pet, but maybe Biro. He probably, which, the only thing I say about Biro as well, he's, have you listened to the Peter Crouch podcast? Yeah. So he is, he is exactly what Charlie Adam is. That is, that is exactly, <laughs> he's parched. He is parched. He is parched. Yeah, he definitely is. Because you can see him being a coach after and he's just linking up with the cut. He's yeah. parched, definitely. Um, so I'd probably go with him. Uh, who's the best trainer? 
Uh, me, obviously. Um, <laughs> what uh, it, you mean in general, fitness or yeah? Uh, who, who sort of like you know is always working hard? Chris Jordan's brilliant. He's a, for me. CJ's a massive role model. He's um, very professional. He trains hard. He works really hard in the gym. So does David Visa. He's another one. I think obviously Davey's slightly older, so I think that's possibly why he works as hard. But these guys are role models to really from that in that regard. They they work really hard, and it's good to see. Them. I think in general, to be fair, we've got a very good work ethic amongst our our group in the dressing room. But I think CJ for me, he's been doing it for years now before it's become a bit of a trend yeah. <laughs> so for me I'd, I'd go with him or David Visa and on that then who's, who's the worst who just hates training who just doesn't want to be there <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh who am I going to dob in here <laughs> um, like someone like Delray although he's, he's Delray's, an ex, Delray's an exceptional athlete like he's really quick but he, he doesn't train particularly hard but then he turns it on in a game like he just yeah. naturally is rapid he wins most of the sprint tests but he doesn't enjoy the gym too much, uh, but then when he gets onto the pitch, he's rapid, so you wouldn't really know. But probably have to probably have to go him. Uh, who's the best dancer? Oh, Ollie Robinson's very good for a big lad. He moves well. Yeah, he keep, he keeps it simple, but he moves well. Delray's pretty good as well. Delray's Delray's constantly dancing. He he's pretty good. But him or Ollie Robinson would have a have a good have a good go. And and the hard man in the group, who's the tough guy? Hard man. Yeah, we didn't really have one for Guernsey. <laughs> <laughs> they were all soft down south. Who's <laughs> um, the hard man? Brownie's Brownie Brownie's got a, Brownie can be quite tough. I mean, he obviously he's captain, but he plays the game pretty tough. Uh, he's competitive. Uh, he doesn't give it a huge amount away. So probably Brownie, yeah. Uh, Mr. Grumpy, he's the grumpy man. Bra- Brownie, Brownie, Brownie as well, <laughs> definitely. So there, there we go. We're not sure if he's grumpy or competitive. We're just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> probably a mixture of both. But he's definitely grumpy. If Brown, I mean, I've had the pleasure of I'm quite a good mate with Ben. You know, the pleasure of uh, having a few trips with him away to Cape Town a few times, and if he doesn't get his morning coffee, he is miserable. You have to you stay away from him until he's had his breakfast or coffee. Um, so, he must, yeah, he's must be in the flower pot every every morning before training, then, is it? Well, he, I think he, he prefers his own coffee at home out of his espresso machine. But he, if you if you catch him before breakfast or coffee, he's miserable. <laughs> Who's the biggest badger? I'm not going to say I'm a badger. I do like my cricket. Luke Wells, myself. Both like our cricket. I mean, when we're talking badger, we're talking like Marnus Labuschagne level because that's nobody's like that. <laughs> different level. Um, different level. Probably someone like secret badger, Ollie Robinson, who you wouldn't expect, but he yeah. studies his game, he likes it. So probably, probably anyone out of those three, myself, Wellesley, or Ollie. And then finally, on this little section, the greatest innings by a Sussex player that you, you've witnessed? Uh, my knock, obviously, against them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, greatest innings. Do you know what? I'm going to have to say Luke Wells's double 100 against Durham a yeah. few years ago now. So, and also the circumstances of it. It's quite a funny story, actually. The game before, he, he we played South Africa in their tour match, and Wellesy had missed the start of the season because of a knee injury. And it was his first game back, and the head coach threw him in against South Africa, like Rabada steaming him down the hill. <laughs> and uh, I'm batting three, Nashi gets out first ball chops on so I come out obviously got no idea what it's doing first ball I get I play a back foot punch for four and then get off strike the next one I'm like, oh, this is alright isn't it <laughs> Wellesley well, comes down to me and says oh, what's he doing mate I said, I said if anything it's coming back into me so it'll just go away from you So, and he's like yeah okay cool mate cool First ball in swinging Yorker straight on his toe out. <laughs> like done the, the complete opposite of what I told him. So he's like pissing himself. Like, oh, brilliant. Great start back to it. His next game is against Durham. First first, first class game. And he played as well as I've any, ever seen anyone play. I think he, he maybe got 240-odd. And it was 
just from the get-go, he's just playing some unbelievable shots. He's obviously, he's quite a big man. He's six foot two plus. Honestly, the only way I can describe it, it was like how Matthew Hayden used to bat. He was banging it down the ground. Anything short was going. And then it, it got to the end of the innings and he was just taking the piss. He just kept hitting everyone for six. And it was, um, yeah, I think that's probably the best knock I've seen. I mean, he's a brilliant player, Luke. I mean, he, again, didn't have probably the year he wanted like last year like myself, but he's a brilliant player. Just to finish off the actual pod, I've asked you to come up with your all-time greatest team you've played with or against. Uh, do you want against or with? I'll give you both if you want. I'll, yeah, I'll do add both, a, yeah. a little thing. So my with 11, I've gone for an order. I haven't. It's not a very structured team, but I have got an order. It was. Um, I'm assuming we're playing a four-day game. Even if we're not, this team will still go okay. It's um, Joyce, Nash, Yardy, Ross Taylor, Alex Carey, Luke Wright, Ben Brown, wicketkeeper, Rashi Khan, Joffre Archer, Ollie Robinson, and Steve McGoffin. They're, they're my, that's my played with 11. Um, it's a pretty reasonable seam attack. McGoffin, yeah. Robinson, Archer. Um, got, anywhere. We'll take you on anywhere. <laughs> anywhere but the subcontinent, we'll take you on. Although we have got Rash. Rash can bowl them out. <laughs> um, and then the played against team was, I mean, this has got, it's not the longest batting lineup. It's quite a long bowling lineup. It was um, Alistair Cook, Aidan Markram, Hashi Mamla, Sangakara, Eunice Khan. Quinton de Kock, wicketkeeper. And then I'd listed five seamers. So I'm banking on those guys trying to get some runs. <laughs> Otherwise, we're screwed. Uh, James Patterson at seven. A bit of an odd one. Not many people know him. It's Carl Simons. I don't know if you yeah. know that name. Yeah. No, he's got me yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we had a bit of a running joke in, our, in, the, in the dressing room for years that we needed to get him into play as our overseas player. And I think one year he might have come close playing due to an injury. He was unbelievable. I mean, you, you probably played against him. I can't. I can't see how he didn't play any higher than just club cricket. Right. He, West Indian, West Indies A player used to nip it back. People on the shin for fun. Used to get left-handers out for fun. Um, and apparently, one year when the Aussies came over, I think it was in 2009 for the Ashes, he ran through their whole batting lineup in the nets. He hit Ponting in the lid, and that's. I mean, Ponting can play the short ball, all right. He, he's in my team, and then I've gone for Kagiso Rabada at nine, Chris Rushworth at ten, who for me is one of the best. Steamers in county cricket. He gets me out for fun. I hate facing him. I hate facing him. He seems to always get wickets against Sussex as well, and, and everyone. But he's a brilliant bowler um, in English conditions. And then Nathan Lyon was my number number eleven. Played against him. He played for Worcester. Um, and he I, again just the, the revs and energy on the ball that he gets is. Um, I'm facing anything like that. Um, he's a brilliant bowler. He's done brilliantly. I mean, you think of how many years they sort of kept chopping and changing with spinners and then he's come yeah. along and he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he is brilliant. He's, he's one of those that like, you watch him on telly and obviously he looks good, but then when you actually face him, you're like, wow, okay, I can see why. Because you watch the telly time, they're like, oh, just sweep him, just sweep him for God's sake. And then you face him, you're like, oh, I can see why they don't sweep him now because he just gets so much bounds. Yeah. Um, He's brilliant to left-handers as well. But yeah, so pretty. I'm not sure who'd win out of those two, but they're, they're both pretty good. Both, both pretty good sides. Brownie was actually one who Skeg mentioned. Who's, he feels like he could have actually played at a higher level, you know, playing England Lions and stuff, just hasn't got the recognition for sort of the way he... Definitely. Did. I mean, did, did Skeg have him in his team? Yeah, well, he was actually on the... I think his keeper... In the end, I think he went with someone like De Villiers because he had them as a... As a Fair enough. As well. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not bad. But he had, he had him... Brownie and um, John Simpson for middle sets. He said those two could keep yeah. in any team. Yeah, but, I mean, his numbers in the last four or five years have been outstanding. He's just, uh, he's really unlucky. I think he's possibly the wrong side of 30, but how he hasn't got on a Lions tour, and I, it's, it's tough. It's a tough call. I think, I think he, he's just unlucky. I think he's one of those players that's going to be really unlucky and he'll probably be 
one of the better county players to have not played for England. I mean, he, I think he averages nearly mid forties now, and as a wicketkeeper and a bat, and a captain as well, um, brilliant player. Not again, somebody come back to it where it's not it's not about technique. He hasn't got a great technique. Doesn't really drive down the ground, you know. But he's just he just finds a way. He's brilliant off the back foot. Um, he's awkward to bowl at, and he's so competitive. I think his biggest strength is his mindset and how competitive he is, and how he he yeah. wants to sort of impose himself on opposition. He he's a brilliant player, so underrated. And again, he's one of those. He's probably he's just unlucky, really. He's unlucky with the crop of keepers England have got coming through because they're blessed with so many. Um, another era he might have played. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's been really good to catch up, though, mate. Uh, thanks yeah, very awesome, much mate. on the pod. No worries. And, uh, all the best when you get back outside. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and stay safe. You're not gonna shoot me down and